0: All right, so for the fifth episode of the Open Dialogue podcast, I'd like to uh, introduce my friend, Ryan Jones. Um, Ryan was a good friend of mine at UMass Lowell, graduated in 2019, uh, played overseas last year in Portugal, and uh, yeah, welcome on, Ryan. Appreciate it, bro. This is the first episode where we're doing it on video, specifically requested by Ryan himself because he just got a a haircut.
1: yes yes <laughs> put for me on the spot
0: <laughs> um okay so let's start with um kind of from the beginning so probably like high school um, like tell me about high school and then moving moving your way up to college
1: oh uh, just like my just my basketball journey and stuff
0: probably if you want to add some anything anything else that you think is important then you can
1: okay um um. Well, growing up, um, my dad was a big-time football player, so actually, football was my was my uh, most natural sport by far, and it was probably the one I thought I was gonna play. Uh, I started playing football, baseball, and basketball in middle school, um, but when I was in eighth grade, I want to say like 12, 13, um, I got one of those like for Christmas. I got like a a rebounding net that went on the side of my hoop, and I was out there shooting 500,000 shots and. Just was never getting bored and started getting really into uh, seeing different stuff on YouTube, watching Kobe and uh, a bunch of different dudes in the NBA. I was a big Derrick Rose fan. Um, and I just kind of fell in love with the game with that. And, uh, uh, you know, right before high school started, I decided that I was going to cut it down to just basketball and focus on that. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's how I got started with that.
0: So when did you start, like, actually being playing good? You're, you're, you started thinking you could be a college player.
1: Um, I felt like I could be a college player. Um, I had a, and when I was, when I was 13 and made that decision, I had a goal to play division one and to win, uh, to win player of the year for my state. I was one of the better freshmen coming in my freshman year of high school, but I wasn't the best by any means. I was maybe like top 10, something like that, but I made the varsity cut and ended up floating JV and varsity that first year. Um. Then I ended up transferring, and I had a uh, I had to play JV that year because of their transfer rules. So my sophomore year, I played JV, and uh, I mean, going into my junior year, probably was when everything clicked. Um, my first game, I came out, I wasn't expecting it, but they gave me a box and won my first game, and uh, and yeah, my junior year, I got first team all state, and everything was just kind of uh, kind of coming together for me, and that goal was seem uh, seeming more realistic.
0: And when did you start picking up college offers?
1: Um, I got offered by Fort Lewis my junior year, uh Division II in Colorado. Um, but I didn't have I really only just wanted to play Division I. Um, so I was actually considering going to uh a prep school in Florida if I didn't get any offers. Uh but going into my senior year, I played with the Danny Granger Hurricanes AU team and we played uh we went to Dallas for the great American shootout and we went to Vegas. Um, and I, in those two tournaments, I picked up three offers. I won't say, yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, going into my senior year, I didn't have any division one offers, but I went to a AU tournament in Dallas and in Vegas and in Dallas, uh, coach Duke and, and Biko saw me, uh, separate occasions actually. And then, uh, they offered me when I was, when I was there in Dallas, that was my first offer and I got, uh, three, I got them Liberty. And uh, Southern University were my three uh, coming out of those two tournaments, and I made a decision. I committed the first week of senior year of high school. I took a visit out to Lowell. Um, I had a scheduled visit with Liberty in October for a home visit, but I actually didn't take it. I liked everything with Lowell and ended up committing pretty early.
0: And um, what what type of what type of size did you have when you were going into your senior year <laughs> at high school? Yeah, like, were you uh, six feet
1: yet? I was yeah, I was about six one, six two, and but I was about one hundred and maybe fifty. Yeah, so one hundred forty five, one hundred fifty pounds on yeah. uh, my senior year. Because <laughs>
0: because the, the reason I ask is there's obviously a lot of players that are undersized that I think could relate to your story, so you were undersized and still able to become a successful division one player so I guess do you have any advice for those types of players because there's a lot of them out there um
1: I guess the way I kind of built my game was well my dad always told me that I needed to be just as good around the basket and dribbling the ball with both hands so I was really good early at with my off hand with my right hand Uh, so I worked on that and then footwork is huge because I mean footwork can be athleticism at times and you know skill can be athleticism at times so you know evolving and being able to shoot from range definitely opens the floor gives you more opportunities where you might not have to to you know you don't have to go up against those athletic dudes they swing it to you you can just jack it and you know but uh yeah, I would say footwork, ball handling, and shooting—like those three things. If you got those down, and you got that confidence, uh, you can kind of counteract the athleticism that you might not have.
0: And what do you think? Like, what do you think Duke and beat what? What stood out to Duke and Biko the most about me? Yes.
1: Um, to be I, to be honest, I think just my overall, but just my ability with the ball, my skill yeah. with the ball. I think I was I was good at making plays, but I also could really score. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I mean, when they saw me, I was actually just a two. I wasn't playing the point at all at that time. Um, but I had the skill to be a point. I had the handle to be a point and, uh, I definitely could shoot it and fill it up.
0: Mm-hmm. So you commit to UMass Lowell. What was that experience like your freshman year?
1: Really? <laughs> uh, I did not like my freshman year. Yeah. To be honest i didn't uh i wasn't happy with the way i was playing which was probably the biggest thing to be honest because once that you know if that's going well everything else really isn't that important to me um but that was hard um uh, we li- it was different living situations i would say i was in fox but i was in a forced triple that year which made it a little hectic because your you room with? it was a two-person room uh, i room with isaac and logan okay oh, yeah. Yeah, so we had we had a forced triple. It was really cluttered in there, um, but it was cool. It was it was cool though. At the same time, I you mean, know, I did enjoy getting away from the family, but there was that homesick feeling at some point. Uh, definitely hit around Christmas, going into Christmas. I think I was feeling homesick, but we did get to see them for a couple of days. Um, but it was a lot better going into my sophomore year. I would say I adjusted everything. wasn't homesick anymore. A little more grown up, and uh, basketball just started going better for me as well
0: yeah and i think that's another thing that's important a lot of guys are going to go to their school probably be pretty unhappy their freshman year whether it's whether basketball is going well or not like it's just like a way different environment so do you have any advice for people in that department like who who may be on on the edge of transferring just because they're they're a little unhappy or maybe feeling the same way that you did um i mean
1: If you really love the game and it's about that, then it it should remain about that for the most part. I mean, there's other things that are factors, Um, but for me, like the you know being being far away from family, eventually just didn't become a factor because I knew why I was there, Mm -hmm. and uh, I was just focused on that. So I mean, honestly, you just got to stay focused on what matters at the time. I mean, family always matters. Don't get me wrong, but uh, but you know, being in school, you have a focus, you have a job, Uh, so you just gotta you gotta get absorbed in that and. uh, You know, work your ass off and do the best you can so that you're not wasting your time out there.
0: Yeah, but but also, I think a lot of guys aren't going to get the playing time they want their first year. They might be promised a lot of things that they don't get their freshman year. They're told that they're going to be they're going to run the show and they don't get that. So I think that's really important too. Like having that mindset that it's a long game. You have four, you know, four possibly even five years and it's important to stay with that mindset of just being consistent and sticking with it.
1: Yeah. I mean, my, my freshman year, um, I did start, but I definitely wasn't happy with my playing time. I was playing about half the game, but uh, something I learned, and I would say for other people who might, you know, if you're not happy with your playing time, it's how I word this. Um, You know, the coaches are just doing what they think is best for the team to win. Mm -hmm. and if you're not getting the time you want then there's two you might you might even be better than the person you think you're better than playing in front of you maybe but not if you are it's not by very much it's too close you need to make more of a gap like if you're not happy with your playing time it's because you're not making it obvious that you deserve to be on the floor Mm -hmm. so I mean I would say for people you know if you're not happy with You're playing time on what's going on. Don't start pointing the finger at other people, try to self-evaluate and figure out where you can get better and where you can evolve and make sure that it's obvious next time around that you deserve to be on the floor. And that when you get in there, you're making the most of your opportunities.
0: And I would say fit too, because like, you know, you might be able to beat a dude one-on-one on on the team, but at the end of the day, you have to fit within the system of the program. So they're going to play the guy. Especially a point guard position, they're going to play the point guard that fits the system best. They might not need you to take a lot of shots a game. They, they need you to mm-hmm. facilitate and run the offense.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like, like you said, you know, at the end of the day, the most important thing is the win. And a thing that coaches really look at that I think young players don't accept the fault in when they're not good at these things is the level of intensity of how hard you need to play at the college mm-hmm. level is not the same at high school. And so you definitely have to get better at that. You got to play hard every possession and then the other thing is it's huge you got to be able to execute down the stretch as far as defensively and offensively. You need to be where you're supposed to be when you're supposed to be there because if they can't count on you for that, they're not going to trust you to put in put you in the game. And I think that's a lot of things that like maybe the freshman is good enough and he comes in and shows spurts and but you don't execute and sometimes oh you get mad about a call or you you know, now you're, you're jogging back. They're going to pull you right away. That's, that's not acceptable at this level because everyone is good at this level. And there's someone waiting to play if you're not up with the effort.
0: Absolutely. Great point. Um, okay. So that was your freshman year. And then kind of as, as time goes on, how would you summarize the rest of your time at UMass Lowell? What, what, what years kind of worked for you? What, what years were maybe harder than others?
1: You, you, um, couldn't,
0: you couldn't be in the playoffs what the first two years right yeah and then junior senior year you were eligible
1: yes we were eligible so I got yeah yeah junior senior oh uh, so I'll go through i guess I'll go through each year then yeah. um uh, my sophomore year i think I kind of had a similar start to my freshman year I still was, was kind of trying to figure it out confidence wasn't completely there um but definitely was putting the work in was getting better and I know th- um, through the first I think it was nine games. I was still playing the the two for us, and uh, Isaac was our point. But he was having a uh, he was having problems with his hip, and they were trying to decide whether or not he's going to do the medical redshirt. And after the ninth game, he decided he was going to take the medical redshirt, and they switched me over to point full time. And that was a big change for me, I would say, because pretty immediately after I went to the point, um, I was I was definitely playing more minutes um which helped with the rhythm and confidence and stuff like that but i think being at the point having the ball in my hands more um and just getting a feel for the game more everything started to click a little better i had a couple good games and then i think the you know throughout conference i played pretty well overall um and uh yeah moving forward I, after that i didn't want to go back to playing the two Yeah. um <laughs> I like to do both, but I definitely like playing the point. Uh so yeah, that was that was that was sophomore year. Obviously, we didn't have the, the tournament because we were still with the you know, ineligible. Um junior year. Um junior year had its ups and downs. Um, I feel like I kinda had a slow start. I had my moments. I feel like there was a lot of ups and downs as far as inconsistency with my junior year. Um there was times where toward the end of the year where I feel like I was kind of figuring it out mentally. I was in the right headspace, and I really played well the probably the past four or five games. Um, but looking back at the year outside of those games, I wasn't too happy with the way I played because I wanted to have a jump from my sophomore to my junior year. And I didn't feel like I did that. Um, and we played UNBC in the uh, the tournament, the first game of the conference tournament. Um, I actually played pretty well but I was in foul trouble for the majority of the game, which sucked. And, uh, we ended up losing. Was that the year they won't beat Virginia? Yeah. Was was that, the that. yeah
0: that was the year they beat Virginia. Yeah.
1: yeah so they beat Virginia. We were, yeah. I'm not going to say the what ifs. We lost. I'm yeah. <laughs> not going to say the what ifs. We lost. So, that was a good yeah, team um, there, yeah. Yeah. They were a good team. Uh, and then, uh, going into senior year, uh, that year was a little different because it was the first year that I decided to stay the whole summer and not come back home to train. Um, I wanted to do that just to have more five on fives, uh, competition and, you know, working with coaches throughout the whole summer, I just felt like it was really beneficial for me to lock in the entire summer going in my senior year. Um, I came into the air feeling pretty good. Um, we started, I think it was it was definitely one of our best starts we had as a as a program we were playing better um I've, i feel like i was kind of getting the rhythm getting and we were winning i was kind of getting a rhythm and then i got a i got a high ankle sprain i remember that again yep. yeah against unh kid dope for the ball and landed completely on my leg and uh I, I tried to keep playing that game, but I had to come right back out because yeah. I would have fell if someone would have crossed over at all. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, and then honestly, though, after after the, um, you know, once the injury happened for me, the you know, my I just wasn't the same. Uh, right, away, right away when I came back, I, I think I came back four or five games and, and re-injured it the second game and uh, missed another four or five games. And then when I came back, that was – That was different and tough for me because, you know, the team had been playing well in my absence and, uh, you know, just my rhythm wasn't there. So, you know, coming back, I played, I think UNBC was my next game back and Coach Duke told me that I wasn't starting, which was hard for me at the time because I started every game um but you know i try to stay focused on the team do what i can but my role changed at that point for sure i was coming off the bench i wasn't playing the same minutes and i actually also was the two i was no longer the point at that time so it was uh you know the senior year was kind of it was kind of disappointing the way the way it ended but you know it is what it is and and i and i learned a lot moving forward going into my next year going pro
0: yeah so the, the reason I think it's helpful to go year by year, because you definitely, you had your injuries, you had your stretches where things were going bad, and then you had your stretches where things were going good. So a lot of like ups and downs, what types of things looking back helped you when things were going well? What what was like going on that you were doing that that helped things go well? Um, Obviously stuff out of your control, but... Yeah, I, I you can feel a difference. I think when, when things are going well, so, see some usually you're doing something right, like in another department.
1: Yeah. Um. Honestly, it was a hundred percent mental. I would say yeah. because I was, you know, I know that throughout the whole off seasons and everything, I would, I knew I had put the work in. Yeah. I knew that that was zero doubt for me. So, but I think I you know mentally, I I I think I you know, you spend the whole off-season training and you spend, you know, you have all these goals and aspirations. And sometimes when you get to the moment, you put too much pressure on yourself and you try too hard. I think there was a, I think there was a lot of times where I, tr- I was trying too hard. I wanted it too much. And because I wanted it so much, I almost seemed like I was playing stiff, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and uh, I was also... Um, something that can be a fault for me sometimes is I've always been very coachable, but to be honest, when I played my best basketball and I played the basketball they actually want me to play is when I did not care what they thought at all. Uh-huh. There, were cert- there were certain games where I got, you know, maybe I played bad the game before or whatever, and I came into it like a FU mentality to everybody and when i was on that type of mentality everything was <clears throat> the confidence there man the swag was there everything was i didn't have to think about it like there could be time i could literally come down and you know i'm about, i'm sizing the dude up and his hand drops a little and i'm pulling it because that's my instinct and that's yeah. what i trained and when i'm playing like that i might take a bad shot or two but I'm going to be playing really well for the most part because I'm playing free and I'm playing my game. So I think, you know, to, to get to your point is that, it, you know, it's, it's definitely mental. And it was, for me, it was just a matter of playing free, playing relaxed and not caring what people thought.
0: Yeah. I think that's important. Cause there's, there are guys, you Christian, a lot of guys who like, everyone says work hard. Right. But like, you can work hard every day and still not find success, you know. Um, so that that is super important, like the mindset you go into it. Um, because you can go into that mindset of, "Oh, I work so hard, I earn this, I deserve this. Like, there's no reason I shouldn't have success." It's it's just like you said, you're putting a little too much pressure on yourself. So I think it's important. Mm-hmm what you're saying which is work hard, you know, study the material, do, you know, be consistent, but at the same time you need to find a way to play relaxed and play play free cuz that's at the end of the day confidence is the most important thing.
1: 100%. Yeah. 100% can literally take you from I'm yeah. sorry, confidence can take you from you know, having two points, one assist and playing 15 minutes or 10 minutes and the next day, you're confident, and you weren't even trying to score, and all do all that, and you had twenty, thirty, and you, you all won. So yeah. it's literally, you know, your skills don't diminish overnight. It's literally all up here, and I, you know, that's how it is for for all sports. I feel like the ability to to calm down in that moment, it's easier said than done, but it's yeah. uh, it's something that I'm working on, and uh, yeah, it's an everyday challenge.
0: I think maybe. Yeah, you have to. It's it's hard because when it's just what you and a you you by yourself in a gym, how are you supposed to recreate that situation? Like, I've been around it. You've been around it. Middle of a game, fans, coaches on you, you on you. It's so hard to lock in, in the moment. <laughs> yeah, if, if somebody has the formula to. <laughs> to being relaxed in those situations, that's I mean, that's the goal right there.
1: Yeah, I mean, I feel like I feel like uh one thing I, to your point, one thing I've learned this year, and I say, well, how I'm approaching things different this year, kind of how I was approaching it with the couple months that me and you were working out. Uh-huh. I think it's very important it, the, to create that like calm sense in the game. You need to do things in practice that you know are either exactly like the game almost or even harder than the game uh-huh. because because when you because gr- you can grow that confidence in yourself throughout your workouts where you're like okay now again in the game when I see this I don't you know I don't care I'm not thinking about it and you know like for example we were working on you know getting my shot off quicker and for those couple months you were like two to five feet from me and you're throwing the ball and you're trying to block my shot as soon yeah. as It touches my hand, so I had to get it off quick, and it was, it was a, it was at a speed I wasn't used to. And if you threw me in a game and I hadn't practiced that, and they kick it to me in the corner, and that six eight dude sprinting towards me, and I need to get it off, shot clock's low, I'm not gonna feel comfortable. I'm gonna miss it, or I'm not gonna get it off in time. He's gonna block it. But if I'm practicing that, and I'm doing it the right way, I don't have to think about it. I know he's six eight coming at me. I know the clock's coming down but I know when this ball touches my hand it's going up and that I'm going to feel comfortable with it. So, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things I've been, I've been watching film the past few weeks. I've watched every year. I watched all my possessions, uh, where it's all your field goal attempts, your turnovers and your assists. And I've been watching every year and I've been making notes. Every time I see something where I'm like, Oh, I should have this, or I could be better at this. I'm writing it down and then i'm trying to think of a creative way next time i go in the gym how am i gonna you know put this into my workout so that when i see this in the game i don't have to worry about it
0: yeah if there's if there's one thing i've learned um just in the past years like what works try to get as close to that game like situation as possible like some it's just like why you know uh, trainers are going to put you a lot of the time through shit like okay we're going to do five dribble pull-ups on the left side around the trash can five to the right you look at the film and you know seven of your 10 attempts end up being uh you know stuff around the rim like literally just like little layups or so, like like in Christian's case he used to get a, a bunch of like stuff two feet around the rim you know like just going through contact little stuff and it, it's yeah. weird it's weird to just practice that like oh we're gonna practice throwing it off the backboard catching it and going right back up but like if that's realistically the scenario you're you're getting in every game then you need to practice that and do it at a high level 100 mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. yeah
1: you got you got to be very specific and i and i would yeah, I learned a lot. I actually learned a lot from Christian. I, you know, I look back at my senior year and I'm like, I should have been doing what, exactly what he was doing before practice because you guys always before practice had a specific thing, even if it was simple, you know, just going a hole, doing his right-hand layup or his offhand, you know, something like that. It was something simple, but you always had – you guys had something specific for those 15, 20 minutes that you guys were working on. Yeah. But, you know, specific focus work is going to make a difference over time. And you know, it's important to not confuse activity with progress because I feel like there have been times where I've been in the gym and I'm like, you know, I'm getting my six hundred, eight hundred shots, or whatever on the gun and I'm like, you know, I'm I'm going home thinking I'm fucking sorry, excuse me. I'm going home <laughs> thinking I'm you know, I'm all that and I'm, you know, I put the work in. But I go to the game, I go play next day at fives and I don't feel comfortable. Why? Well, I was just standing there shooting spot-up jumpers yeah. for two hours. Yeah, And I wasn't shooting it at the pace I need to, at the game speed. I wasn't doing different footwork. You know, like, you, there's got to be – it's got to be specific. I think that's one of the biggest things that I've learned. And I feel like when I was when I was coming up, going – you know, like when I, when I fell in love with the game when I was young, I was super specific. I was buying a lot of training programs. I was trying to learn everything I can, watch a lot of film. And every time I went to the gym, I was super specific about it. And everything was I was able to apply things to my game like that. Like I could practice something and two days later I'm gonna do that move on somebody and feel normal. Yeah. But if you're not specific with your work and you're just going to the gym and getting shots up, you're not gonna see that progress. And I think that's that's a big thing I've learned. And something I'm gonna do different moving forward, make sure that's always how I'm training.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Just get straight to the game like stuff. Um one story i definitely want to talk about senior year do you remember pregame? you were going through that stretch we'd be at songas and you just you just be sitting sitting out in the stands just staring staring out into the court like visualizing um i think yeah. it's around that time you started doing some reading and uh you were just really trying to focus it's just, I think when you look back, players like you, you know, players like Christian that really, really care about this shit, like, you guys, you guys got got something going on. You're always, you're always trying to, outside of, of practice, doing something to try and level yourself up. Mm-hmm.
1: So you want me to touch on, like, that <laughs> moment, I guess? Yeah, yeah,
0: because I know you had flipped into a different mindset at that point.
1: Yeah. All right. I guess I'm giving a secret out here, but I read this book.
0: Give the secret.
1: I'll give this, I'll give my somewhat secret. Uh, (laughs) I read this book uh, by Tim Grover, who's Michael Jordan, Dwayne Wade, Kobe's trainer. And uh, the whole book is about their approach to the game, but from a mental aspect. And uh, I guess, you know, When you were talking about at the songist, you know, I was just staring off into space, I was able to properly um apply everything that I had was reading. I was I read the book in like a week and I was just super absorbed in it and in that mindset. And that's something that I'm trying to replicate because I know when I get in that zone, I don't I don't feel like there's anyone that can stay in front of me or do anything with me. So but you know, he talked about the whole the whole emphasis of the book is about you know, I was, you, you're putting the work in obviously beforehand. You're building that repertoire so you're comfortable when the game comes. But when the game comes, you have to be in this emotionless, just focused on the goal, which is winning mindset. And I would just, I remember I'd just be sitting there and uh, I was actually looking at all my teammates, trying to figure out who was ready to play that day. I was trying to figure out, um, who was locked in, who wasn't, who I felt like I could throw it to hmm. in certain situations, who I felt like I could count on because I was just so focused on winning. And, uh, you know, the game, the games would start and I had just this different calming effect to me. Like I didn't, if I missed a shot, I literally did not remember it, yeah. which is really weird. I would not remember it. And uh, I was just, you know, I, everything was just coming free flowing. I had no It was like we weren't even calling plays, even though we were sometimes like I was just out there just just playing like it was pickup and everything came natural to me. And, uh, you know, you can get in that zone like that. So, you know, that's something that I'm trying to work on Um, because it's it's easier said than done. I was able to do it, I think, for I think there was a five game stretch where I did it properly for four out of five Mm. and I played really well in those four out of five and I was like wow like this is the player I've been trying to show you know yeah so I you know that's the biggest thing for me I'm, I'm definitely trying to just be more consistent with that mindset and know that when I go into games even though this is the moment I put all that work in like I'm ready for it I'm gonna own this moment and I'm yeah. you know I'm ready to attack and win
0: was there anything you learned other than just flipping that mindset and having a different understanding like was there anything you had to do
1: um um i got some subtle things i did different normally i would listen to music pretty like loud trying to get hyped up i think those days i was listening i would listen to the same music but i had it so quiet it was mm-hmm. like background noise so when i was walking through the arena i wanted everything to just be this like i'm in this calm zone mm-hmm. so when i was walking around i wasn't I wasn't really talking to nobody. I was just in, I was just in my zone, just relaxed the whole time. I was just trying to keep my nerves calm, Mm -hmm. just as calm as I can relax and just be focused and then also to having the mentality that like, I think, you know, throughout those games, when I would make a good play instead of feeling good about it or getting hyped about it, it would be the only word I was telling myself was more. Every time I had a good play, more, more. And then whenever I messed up, emotionless. That's what yeah. I tell myself, emotionless. And I'll just move on.
0: So, yeah, so you're trying to stay just level, as level as possible. Yeah. And n- not riding the wave. I like that. Um,
1: yeah. Just, yeah, ever since you get too high, too low, the getting too high thing is a thing too. You yeah. You get a couple shots, you get all – you know, emotional, riled up, blah blah blah, and you're like, wow, I just hit three threes in a row or something. That fourth one you're gonna miss because you don't. You're like, wow, well, I just hit three. I shouldn't hit four. You yeah. know, like you're already in that. Yeah. You're on everything. But if you, you know, if you hit it and you're just like, more. I should have yeah. hit that. Yeah. You're gonna keep hitting. Them. That's when you get in those zones.
0: Yeah. That was that. That's that effed up MJ mentality. Just the like, I'm a killer. I'm just keep. I'm a just keep going like i'm not Mm -hmm. i win a ring not satisfied next like just killer mentality Um, and it
1: turns into as well there is no there is no opponent there's always you're always trying to build you're always building the habits you're trying to work on so you're just trying to murder everyone you don't care
0: if you're playing
1: you know you don't care if you're playing a team that's supposed to beat you and you don't care if you're playing a team that you're supposed to beat. it's the same mentality every time because you know, it's, it's that never getting too high, never being too low, but never celebrating your achievements afterwards. You know, you you beat a team you're supposed to be, you drop 20, you do whatever, okay, who cares? The next game's a completely different game. And if you're stuck on that, you're gonna come out and lay an egg the next game. So that's something that people gotta be, you know, you, it's, it's, it's easier said than done, but staying even keel really is the answer to, to you know, performing.
0: Mm-hmm. Who do we who do we play in the playoffs that year? Was it Hartford? Hartford?
1: My senior year or junior year? Yeah,
0: your your senior year. It was Hartford. my
1: senior year was Hartford. Yeah,
0: at Hartford. I kind of forget how that went. No, it was no, that game was close. It was it was close. It was close. It came down to the It's end. kind of a blur.
1: Wow. I remember I was kind of a blur. I remember Christian hitting some threes late though. And I, didn't he have
0: thirty something? I don't know. I, I know it was the Irish, I think the Irish kid hit that corner three. And then, uh, who was the point guard? They had a the light skin point guard. Lynch. Lynch, yeah. Lynch. Yeah. I think he had a big shot at the end too. And then we played them my senior year and lost again, which sucks, but now they're on a roll, which is great. Um, Okay. So, you graduate and then now you start to, you know, try to look to, to playing pro, what was that process like?
1: Um, well, I actually didn't, uh, I remember reaching out. I didn't have like, I didn't have agents knocking on my door. Um, so I, but I was like, you know, this is what I'm gonna do. And I, you know, I had the resume to do it. So I, I wasn't down it at all. So mm-hmm. I, uh, I made my resume. I reached out to the coaches. I made my own film uh, with their help, and uh, yeah, I started. I found a website online where I started sending out. Uh, I probably emailed 20, 30 agents. I heard back from a few. I had a phone calls with a couple of them, and then uh, yeah, I signed. I signed with the agent there, and then they, you know, I went to. Uh, I went to two two pro camps. Uh if you're thinking about going to a pro camp, don't go to a pro camp. It's a waste of <laughs> money. <laughs> it's a waste of money. Yeah. But uh yeah, I went to I went to a couple pro camps. Um and then uh my agent had me sign in uh what did I sign? I wanna say I left September first. So I must have signed in August. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, and I signed it, I signed in uh, Portugal and then, yeah. And what was that year like? Um the first day was rough. I got there and was the (laughs) only one there the first day. So I was like in shock. I was like, you know, I was like in this I was in this empty house. And uh I had pulled, you know, I had I'd flew, so I had I had like I had basically pulled an all nighter because I didn't sleep at all on the plane. And I'm exhausted and I'm like I finally get there and I'm ready to put my head down, lay down and I, like, can feel the damn springboards, like, on my back and crap, and I was so tired, but I laid there for two hours and did not sleep, and at that moment, I was losing it a little bit, I was, I was losing it a little bit, because I could, well, and that, my phone was dead, and uh they have different outlets there my outlet wouldn't plug in so it's not (laughs) like i could contact anybody and then uh the wi-fi was also down so (laughs) i just kind of i just figured it out it got through that day and then but it was it was much better once uh some of the other americans showed up and everything but uh, you know overall the year was it was uh it was just different man I it's hard to explain it. Um it's just different being in a different country. Um playing for money now, you know, like it's it, and it's another level up from college, I would say, you know. Um playing it was it was more like the high major level than the mid major level. Once I got over there, there was you know, seasoned vets, dudes that are getting paid the good bucks and uh you know, they're 30 and, you know, I was a rookie coming in. So it was it was different. It was a challenge. Um, uh, same challenges, I would say, um, you know, mentally for me. Uh, my first game, for example, my uh, my first game, the first quarter, I was, again, a little stiff. And uh, my coach pulled me out and was, like, mad at me, said something to me. And I'm out. And then I come back in the second round. I remember being on the bench. Um, Waiting to come back in, and I was like pissed because I was like, "Bro, I done put so much work in. Like, what is going on right now?" And I was like, "I was like, all right, it's mental. Like, what do I need to do to get back?" And I played with uh, my friend Christian Cunningham. He's playing in uh, Israel right now. He was. Uh, we would train a lot throughout the summer. We play one on one a lot. And this dude's—he's six seven—and I'm not exaggerating. He jumps like LeBron. So we would play every day. And the first, I remember the first couple of days he was beating me pretty good, but I definitely started to figure out and we started having really close games and it was basically, you know, anything could happen that day. But I remember sitting on the bench in that second quarter about to go back in. And I was like, I was looking around the court and I was like, there's no one on the court. That's a better defender than Christian Cunningham right now. So I'm going to go out and be me. And I ended up, I had zero on the first and I finished, I think they gave me two extra points. I think they gave me two of my teammates free throws. But so then I, I guess I finished with 29 uh-huh. in that first game. And that was just, you know, another eye opener about the mental thing. But, um, you know, coming after that game, uh, I kind of woke the league up when I did that because I started getting trapped quite a bit in the pick and roll. And I could tell I was definitely more of an emphasis on the scouting report. And uh, I had a couple off games a couple games later. And uh, I don't think I did. I didn't do the best job mentally of digging out of that hole. I think I, I, think I let it get to me a little too much. Um, I was also playing at a weight. I don't think I should have been playing at. I think I kind of underestimated the physicality of those leaks. Um, that was a big adjustment for me because I did not get foul, foul calls when I went to the hole. Like it was not a thing. I don't know if it was an American thing. Yeah. Maybe I was flopping, I don't know. I was not, but I wasn't strong enough. I was not doing what I needed to do. I think I was playing at like 175. Um. So I, yeah, so that was a big thing that I that I got to change. You know, um, I'm at like 190. I'm in fluctuating between 190, 195 now, but I'm also a lot more lean than I used to be when I was at 180. Um, so that's something I've changed. Um, but the year was the year was different. I had my I had my ups and downs again. Um, big learning curve. I also wasn't, you know, not making an excuse or anything, but I wasn't in the best mental space at that time. Um, I wasn't adjusting to everything the way I needed to. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it was just you know a lot of growing up and maturing done in that year because you know you're forced to when you're you're thrown in a different country and you know, I actually did, I didn't get a card from the team. So I was, it was literally like I had practice and my own uh, individual workouts that I was doing on the side. And other than that, I was just in my room. Um, And that can be depressing for some people. I'm more of an introvert, so I don't trip about that too much. But there was times where I wasn't in a good mental space. And I, because I wasn't happy with the way I was playing. I wasn't happy with the situation. But again, you know, if you're not happy with the situation, it's on you to fix it. So, I've had to look at you know look back at the season, watch a lot of film, um, try to figure out what was going on in my in my head at certain times, and try to figure out how I can be better in the future.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's um that's obviously something a lot of people go through. The bass the basketball ends up dictating when you really care about it. The basketball end up dictating pretty much your whole life because it's so important so meaningful to you I guess yeah I don't know I guess yeah
1: I think, I think I got I think I got too down at times when I didn't play well like again it's got to be that emotionless thing you you got to forget about it and move on because whether you play well or bad there's always the next day and I just need to be more mature about that as a rookie and I wasn't
0: mm-hmm. that's totally understandable um was did your coach speak English?
1: Yeah, um, well, most of my teammates, you know, they, they spoke English in the coaches, but it was uh, it was just they didn't have, like, a, a wide vocabulary, I would say. I guess they just didn't have – they had very limited ways of explaining things. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But for the most part, though, we was yelling in Portuguese.
0: <laughs> was there anything, like, cool you got to experience, like, off the court in Portugal? Or off you- the court? yeah like any good food um, like any what were the highlights
1: see that's the thing to be honest with you with not having a car yeah. there wasn't really highlights off the car yeah. which 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 is what made it rough when yeah the court when you know now what if i wasn't playing the way i wanted that did make it kind of rough because i didn't have a car to go you know, I can go to drive an hour to Lisbon and, yeah. you know, do whatever, just unwind. I, I couldn't really do that. You had to sit and fester in your room and think about it. So <laughs> it was pretty much just basketball.
0: Yeah. Hey, that's kind of, that's kind of what comes with the territory, unfortunately. Um, yeah.
1: Well, I mean, hopefully, you know, moving forward, you usually do get a car. So, yeah. you know, hopefully moving forward, I'll, I'll get a car and then it'll be, it'll be a much better situation.
0: Um, when you look back on UMass Lowell, like what, what types of things do you remember? Like non-basketball wise, like I, I, like we were, we were obviously before talking about like China star and stuff, the coaches, they, they had, they had told us that several times. Like, I remember like Lou and Nick just telling us like college is the only place, like this will be the only time you're going to be around like all these people you really mess with like, every day, mm. you know, like, it becomes, you end up just becoming kind of, like, separate after that, um, I think that's really true, like, I don't, like, I'll literally just sit driving to work, or whatever, and just think, like, then, like, I do miss those times, like, going to China Star, just, yeah, just hanging out on, like, a Friday night, or whatever. Yeah, I mean, that's,
1: yeah, I miss college a lot. I mean, just being able to, like, I would always go over to your guys, but, you know, we have practice, whatever. I did my workouts for the day, and I just go over to your guys' place, and we'll play 2K or – Yeah, no knock, or right? No knock. for a while. Like,
0: huh? I said no knock or anything. Just you just walking in. No knock. You're...
1: <laughs> no, no knock. Just handing out L's. That's all. <laughs> walking in and handing out L's. <laughs> I mean like something like that though is 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 important like being able to wind down and, and uh, you know take your mind off the game yeah. is is really important as far as performing because you know you get that you 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 do get the opportunity to come in with a fresh relaxed mind if you know if you've been spending the whole entire day sitting and thinking about the game you're about to play mm-hmm. or the, the game you just played it, it, it's it's too much yeah. mentally and emotionally like you need some kind of something to wind down yeah. and you know being at college was great because obviously we all liked each other we all have the same interests with the basketball team so uh we got to do things and and hang out and and have have a lot of good times good memories
0: yeah absolutely i miss those times um what else um okay a couple couple cool things um music what do you listen for music i know you're a big music guy um, what were my top five artists on that Apple thing? I had a
1: uh, future, Drake was second, Gunna, third, I think Roddy Rich and Lil Wayne were my top five.
0: Okay, I remember uh, being into Lil I mean,
1: Wayne. For the most part, I'm,
0: huh? I remember you being pretty, pretty into that Lil Wayne album for way too long. Oh, uh, the <laughs> party five? Yeah. You and Sean Jones, the Jones Jones brothers. Um,
1: the Carter Five, yes, the Carter Five is tough. Um, <laughs> uh, I would say, I mean, those five artists, but I, I do like some R and B too. Um, not too much, though. But I mean, I probably listen to <laughs> not too much. I, I listen to I listen to Black.
0: I don't listen uh, to that at all.
1: I know Christian. I know Lu doesn't like him. <laughs> he doesn't like his voice, which has got me all types of messed up. But <laughs> Because uh, I'd be hearing him humming his lyrics and the shit in the locker room, too. That's why I'm like, get out of here, Christian. I'd be hearing <laughs> you singing his songs and you'd be saying he's trash. <laughs> but, uh, He'll be humming uh, some yeah.
0: classical music or some shit. <laughs>
1: true, true. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, I'll tell my head that's probably, I mean, I'm going to be doing um, like Eric Cabot, It's kind of like a childhood
0: thing for me. I don't even know what that is.
1: I'm not uh, it's, a, it's a girl she's she's just straight r and B. I i probably wouldn't like it my dad, my dad used to play her on the little cassette tapes i was sitting in the back of his truck every day to work so it's kind of like a comfort thing for me i like to listen yeah. to her
0: back in the good old days um yeah what is what i wrote down what is your take on social media right now you and i used to always have like tr- like go through phases where we delete social media where, where are you at with social media
1: um i mean i still i still use it um i don't know i be i guess i'm kind of in spurts with it sometimes yeah. i don't post for months at all and then sometimes i'll post like three four stories in a day so yeah. i don't know i mean you gotta, I, I mean, social media is, is, uh, you are, uh, ex- you're always exchanging energy with anything you engage in. So I, you know, every once in a while, you know, if social media is being counterproductive to my life, then, you know, I feel like, you know, if I, if I feel like I'm slipping in any area of my life, I usually go on a little bit of a social media, uh, absence. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, you know, it is, it is entertaining at times, but I try not to get caught up in it too much um not much on Twitter yeah uh it's really just I'm I do not be snapping either it's really just Instagram to be honest um I don't know it's not it's not too counterproductive for me I follow I I follow so many basketball pages and I try to follow some things as well that are gonna help um you know help and kind of point you in the right direction sometimes on your day Uh, I'll try you know I'll try to follow something that might be religious or like a motivational speaker mm-hmm. uh something like that if i can um
0: yeah open how dialogue. about you open dialogue podcast i heard they got some good good stuff yeah <laughs> you like my motivational speeches in the car i did
1: <laughs> i was like he's giving facts. <laughs>
0: yeah absolutely um what about uh nba players what, who who do you like right now I like Lamelo
1: right now, man.
0: You always coming. the teams. reason I Trey Young, uh, Lamelo, there's a theme here, man. I, bro, <laughs> I mean,
1: look at if you look at those two players, though. The thing I admire about them so much is they don't give a fuck.
0: Yes, yes, yeah.
1: And that's key.
0: That's um,
1: key. I mean, so yeah, man. I like I like their game, bro. They do they do stuff you're not necessarily supposed to do sometimes but they're they've done it before they've trained it they feel comfortable doing it so they do it and yeah. you know i want to i want to be that free you know that free playing free you know just freelancing reacting off instinct player all the time mm-hmm. i i definitely have done it a lot but i want to do it the way they do it they do it every night man so that's you know that i like to watch them they're really creative and you know everyone was talking all that noise, and they obviously didn't listen to a word of it. So I like to watch people like that. Really, just any. I mean, I'm watching. I like to watch the mellow right now, but really, just any of the good point guards, to be honest. Even some of the twos, but I like to watch the
0: point guards. Yeah, is, the pick and roll. Obviously, is so important. That's that's what gets me. It's just like how how they're handling that. Like uh, especially like Luca and the in the pick and roll. Just like decision making yeah. that's what that's what i loved at umass lowell the most was because we had so much pick and roll stuff so much yeah. about communication was all right they hard hedge we're going to do this they, they switch we're going to do this like you 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 technically can always have an answer for what the defense throws at you though like and the, mm-hmm. when you're when you're playing your game like and and you know those guys like they're gonna be okay. You you throw this at me, okay, I'll do this. You know, like they always literally have an answer for whatever coverage they throw at them. Yeah,
1: exactly. I mean, I like to watch. I like to watch Lillard too because they don't like to let him do anything in the pit. Like they try to trap him almost all the time in the pick and roll because at first they're doing that. You know that sag off like low yeah. low show low cowboy. Um, and he's just pulling that walking into that three every time yeah so i like to watch that because i was like wow like if you can hit that shot like consistently
0: you can't like
1: that you can't defend that you have to trap and then i like to watch though because i was like i was like man i was getting trapped and i felt like i had to get rid of it immediately and that is the right play most Uh of the time but i like to watch lillard because he's he's trying to beat well sometimes he'll just beat the guard before the screen comes yes and then other times you know when the even when they are trapping he's trying to beat the big around the corner and if he overcommits, he's going to split but he has a great feel for it all he knows when he can get around the corner when he can split and he knows when he needs to get rid of it um so yeah i like to watch him i mean I, even lebron even though he's a point forward so yeah. I like to watch him too. I feel like he's the, I feel like right now, I mean, he's the smartest player in the game. And I like to watch the way, uh, I like the way to watch his, how his teammates play with him. Because, you know, I was watching a video, Schumper was talking about how he's like, he's on the court, like he has the ball on the post. and He's talking them through what's about it. like, if he moves cut, like they he's telling them all this stuff. So he's like, he's two steps ahead of it. And he puts his teammates in positions to look good. So, I, not only do I like to watch him, but I like to watch his, how his teammates play off of him. And, uh, I've also been more interested in like, uh, people get a lot of easy baskets by, uh, by just cutting. If you can cut at the right time, that's a really underrated skill. And Christian Nutete was really good at that. He cut a lot and he got a lot of easy layups off of it. So I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to learn as much as I can from from any point guard or anyone, uh, that I feel like has a high cue and a uh, place like they don't give a fuck.
0: <laughs> That's the name of the game. Um, okay. So la- last thing for anybody who's listening, they're in high school, middle school, whatever, even college, what advice would you want to leave them with? Or, or what, you know, like, what would you tell your high school self, like looking back?
1: Um, well, I, I would say just in general for like, In any aspects of life, like whatever people are passionate about, you know, obviously you need to be, you need to love whatever you're doing. I would say that's, you know, that's really important because there's going to be BS that comes with any business or direction you try to take your life. There are things you have to deal with. And in order to get through those and to get to those goals, you need to have a love for what you're doing. So I would say love what you do. And then, uh, like, dedicate your life to it, man. Like, that's really what I've done um like I made that decision at 13 um I'm still climbing that ladder like I mean like you know for, I am talented don't get me wrong I I have, I have a lot of God-given talent I'm pretty uh, a pretty well rounded athlete but I think it says a lot that basketball by far was bro I was a backup center who was a turnover machine my first year playing basketball but baseball and football, like I walked on, I was automatically good. Except for my eighth grade year in baseball, I was terrible that year. Yeah. If you played with me that year, so, you, know, you know, I was bad that year. But other than <laughs> that, no, like football, football and baseball, especially football, though, it was supernatural to me. And I, I, it was one of those, like that football, you know, I talk about like being calm and, and uh, you know, just having, just having that emotionless confidence to you. I had it 100% football and I don't think it will ever leave me. And uh, football, uh, basketball was something I built from the ground up, for sure. I was not I was not good. And uh, I was the kid you did not, you know, my first guy, I'm a backup center. You're not, if, if they're pressing, do not give the ball to Ryan. But you can ask the people that play with me in fifth grade, you can ask the people that play with me in fifth grade, if they're pressing, do not give the ball to Ryan i was a turnover but you know here i am i you know i played point guard at division one university i'm a point guard as a pro now so you know it can be done and no one believed that i was going to do the things that i said i was going to do but i dedicated my life to it and i knew i was working around the clock so you know whatever i would say any advice i have for anyone is you know be super resilient about your dream love what you're doing and Dedicate your life to it because there's a lot of people that got the same dream and uh you gotta do something to separate yourself.
0: Absolutely. All right. Thanks for coming on, all right. Appreciate it,
1: girl. All right. <laughs> Thanks for having me.